Wasn't there an awful le- lot of lead-up uh, to yesterday's Bank of Canada announcement on the interest rate? A lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of, uh, you know, pundits thought that there was going to be an increase. And in fact, there had been a lot of signals that the Bank of Canada would finally increase uh, the interest rate from the rock-bottom levels that it's been at for, for quite a while. It did not happen. So the overnight rate stays at 0.25%. And that's pretty much what it's been since the early days of the pandemic. So you know it's going up. When is it going up? How fast will it go up once it does start? We do have high inflation. There there are a lot of elements here at work. Let's uh, check in with Moshe Lander, who is an economist out of uh, Concordia University, joining us this morning. Uh, good morning, Moshe. How are you? Hello. Oh, I think I hear you now. <laughs> oh, God. Good morning. Uh, good to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, were you surprised when they did not, when the Bank of Canada chose not to increase that interest rate? Because a lot that, that's where the signals were all pointing as we went into uh, yesterday morning. So either I was missing the signals or I saw something that people weren't, but I'm going to take my victory lap here. I did <laughs> not see an interest rate coming uh, change yesterday, so I, I'm quite happy that it didn't happen. Okay, so why? why? Inflation is up. That's, that's one of the tools we can use to battle inflation, is it not? Why on earth would we not try to do something by, uh, by hiking up some interest rates? You're, you're absolutely right. And so the conventional wisdom would be that interest rates should go up because we have higher than expected inflation. But the higher than expected inflation that we're having is because of all of these supply chain issues. And so when you have inflation that's driven by the supply side, raising interest rates is a bit of a dangerous move because it also takes air out of the economy, right? Everybody knows that when interest rates go up, this is bad news if you're borrowing money. And so this is the type of situation where if we had an economy that were overheating because of like crazy consumer spending or firms that have lost their mind and overbuilding factories and replacing equipment, then yeah, an interest rate height is exactly the thing that you do. But in this particular case, the damage to the real side of the economy is a little bit too much right now when we're ongoing variants, lockdowns, curfews, and all of those sorts of things. So I think it's maybe more kind of a wait-and-see approach, and they really do want to wait until the last minute. Uh, I did have somebody ask, and, just, and help us out here, because, you know, I'm not an economist, and I don't think uh, the message coming in uh, for, is from an individual who's an economist either. Why would ordinarily higher interest rates uh, help to battle inflation? Just explain that. I think it has to do with uh, the, the dollar and its value, all the rest of that. Could you just give us sort of like the Coles notes? Uh, teach, sure. teach us, would you? Teach us. Sure. So normally inflation would be driven by demand side effects, right? It's consumer spending, it's business spending, it's even government overspending, right? And so you can imagine that if there's a fixed amount of goods out there and there's a whole bunch of people lining up to get them, this is going to put upward pressure on prices, right? So just think about, you know, getting tickets to an Oilers game, uh, you know, if they make the playoffs. Uh, This is the type of thing that drives ticket prices higher. So you could imagine that spilling its way over into the regular economy. Right, And so if you raise interest rates, all of a sudden this balance between spending and saving starts to tilt towards saving. I don't want to spend my money when I can get higher interest rates. If I'm borrowing money, it becomes more expensive to borrow money to finance my lavish lifestyle. So I'm going to cut back. And businesses are no different that if you increase interest rates, the cost of borrowing to them goes up as well. And so they decide that this is not the time for the new factory, the new equipment, the new machinery. Mm-hmm. And so they back off as well. And that inflationary pressure goes away. So help us out. These these numbers, that 0.25%, that is, it might as well be nothing, it, pretty much, right? It's, it's virtually zero. Uh, 
how much of an impact would go up, going up even 1% actually have? So it, it wouldn't go up that much that quickly. So that 0.25% is not a rate that you or I actually see. That's a rate at which banks lend to each other. And so connected to that is something called the bank rate. Connected to that is the prime rate. And that's the understanding that all of us have when we borrow money, whether it's for car loans, mortgages, and stuff like that. So when they increase the interest rate, they usually just nick it up at one quarter of a percentage point at a time. And that'll filter down to us at about one quarter of a percentage point at a time. So it's probably not going to be a make or break sort of deal. Even if you have a variable rate mortgage, that's not going to be the type of thing that you know, teeters you onto the brink of bankruptcy or anything like that unless you're really highly leveraged. But the fact is that the Bank of Canada, when they do start moving, they're probably going to move aggressively in like consecutive meetings, increasing that a quarter of a percentage point, a quarter of a percentage point. And over time, that will start to accumulate that if you have to renegotiate that mortgage or if you are highly levered, it's really going to make you reconsider and, and cut back on your spending. And you say over time. So how what, you know how often do they change the, uh, the interest rate, the trend-setting interest rate? So how quickly could it rise and where would it be, say, in a year? So the Bank of Canada usually meets uh, about eight times a year, so give or take around every six months. And it's a set meeting. You can go to their website, and it's all listed out for the next couple of years. So at their next meeting in about you know eight weeks or so, they're going to decide, is now the time that we want to pull the trigger? I don't think they're really going to do it until the second half of the year. But when they do it, I can see that in, say, four out of six meetings, they're going to increase it a quarter of a percentage point each time. So in about a year's time, we'd be talking about that overnight rate at being, say, maybe one and a quarter percent. And it really is just how fast do consumers adjust their behavior. But like I said at the outset, part of the problem here that the Bank of Canada is having is this inflation we're seeing is not being driven by our overspending. It's being driven by difficulty in getting goods onto the shelves. And so increasing interest rates might not necessarily solve that problem. And that's part of the reason why they just want to keep waiting to see what's going on here. Uh, should it rise and, uh, you know, say within a year being up to, say, 1.2, one and a quarter percent or whatever, what impact does that have likely on mortgages and on the housing market? Uh, there are a lot of people who can't even afford to buy a house right now. So if you add in more interest on their mortgage, that's going to make it even more daunting, would it not? It, it is going to make it more difficult for sure. But maybe I guess the countering effect is would that also take some of the steam out of the overheating housing market, right? So if all of a sudden housing prices aren't going up in double digits uh, year over year, if they're only going up a couple of percentage points, then this might actually give a little bit of space to to get onto that housing market ladder. It's still going to be difficult. And the biggest impediment is not interest rates and it's not mortgages and it's not the the state of inflation. The the biggest impediment for most cities is the state of building. It's, It's that uh, there's not enough uh, supply coming onto the market. And so given that people are moving to Edmonton, they're moving to Calgary, they're moving to all of the big cities in Canada, uh, supply is just not keeping up. And it kind of ties back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, that you have this huge demand and there's not enough supply, that's going to put upward pressure. So I'm not totally sure that interest rates are going to change that sort of thing, but anybody who does have a mortgage coming due, anybody who's living on a variable rate mortgage, they're going to see that, yeah, interest rates go up, it's going to become more difficult to finance whatever it is that they're living in. And so maybe locking in, although I guess from the sounds of it, you might be able to hold off for another three months or so, <laughs> something like that, but, but locking in if you can is not a bad idea. At this point, it's not, you're not going to get any lower, right? 
No, no. And and the fact is that the banks have already started to increase their fixed rates, partly as a response to they know that at some point, somewhere down the line, those interest rates are coming. And so they're kind of saying right now that if you are going to take that hedge, uh, fine, grab it now because they also see that it, it's going up. And so the fixed rate that they're going to offer is almost like what they expect the average to be over the term of your mortgage. So if you're looking for a five-year mortgage, they're kind of figuring out themselves what do they think interest rates are going to be over the next five years Mm -hmm. average that out and that's what they're offering you as they think interest rates go up so does that fixed rate too to to try and guess and to crystal ball it a little bit i mean it would seem unlikely that interest rates are going to rise astronomically uh over the next little while it's going to be a long haul coming out of the pandemic effects and any number of other things so uh they might go up but it it would seem to be a, a short jump and then maybe just stable again for a while Absolutely, and I, I think that we've maybe almost kind of lost sight of what things used to be like yeah. uh, pre-pandemic. But, you know, the idea of 5 6% interest rates is not some foreign concept in Canada, and it's not something that even goes into the 20th century. Uh, you know, mortgage rates in that mid-single-digit range is pretty normal, and so if we saw them return to that level, it, it's really just going back to kind of what things used to be. Uh, pre-pandemic and, and pre-the financial market collapse and housing market collapse in the U.S. in the last decade. And it, it'll take some time, so it's not like there won't be warning signs. If, if it comes as a shock to anybody, then they just haven't been paying attention, I would think. Absolutely, and the Bank of Canada is very good these days that when they do have that meeting like they had yesterday, they release the minutes of those meetings and they, they have a press conference. And so, you know, even if you're not watching them, you put people like me on to come say, what did they say yesterday? And they give forward guidance and they say, you know, we're not done yet or don't get too comfy. And so that's the type of thing, too, that, yeah, you have your head in your sand and in the sand if you, if you don't realize this is coming. Uh, Moshe, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate the lessons and the, uh, and the thoughts and the input. I appreciate it. Anytime. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.